Wretched Radio begins in 3, 2, 1. If the God of the Bible really exists, I would go gladly to hell. And anybody happy to go to heaven to worship such a creature is morally bankrupt. It is because God's wrath is real that his mercy is relevant. Unless you have a real wrath, the biblical concepts of mercy and of grace are robbed of their meaning. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Let the politics begin. This is Wretched Radio. With political talk, sort of. chance you'll like this. <laughs> My confidence isn't brimming. This is Wretched Radio. If you're a political junkie, and chances are very good you are, you're going to love a smash, a mash. Jimmy, I think there's a name for it. When you take two different videos and you just mush them together. Uh, yes, it's called a... Train wreck. Composition? No... It's called a mess yeah. is what it is, and I'm going to duplicate that for you right now because we're going to talk politics, but church politics because it is political season. And by, by, by the way, as an aside, when it comes to politics, politics, like non-Christian politics, it should never be non-Christian politics. Everything that we see consume, it should be filtered through what the Bible has to say about it, which might encourage us to be at least thoughtful about some of the political talk that we consume. There are a number of guys out there right now, and, and guyettes, I, I think that's their pronoun, that are doing very good political talk, a conservative perspective. But if the individual is not a believer who is speaking from a biblical perspective, it's, it's going to be deficient somewhere along the line. It has to be, because remember, governments, they're ministers of God. They exist to do his work in building his kingdom. That means when I watch the news, I should be thinking, Bible, what does the Bible have to say about this? And as an aside to the current aside that I'm aside on right now, please don't read the book of Revelation or the book of Ezekiel, or the book of Daniel, with your social media feed in your hand. I've been seeing so many of these articles. Ezekiel prophesied, Daniel, this is the Gog and the Magog in the Revelation. That's just not the way that those books are intended to read. They are not supposed to be cryptic forecasters of how geopolitics is going to play out in the 21st century. Those things are written either because they have been revealed or because we are supposed to be seeing the signs and not using them to determine a a return date of Jesus, but to remind us he is returning. But enough of that aside, let's get back to just the aside. So you're watching or listening to a political talk show, somebody who does a podcast, they can be spot on from a Ronald Reagan perspective. They can be spot on 
from a really conservative position, but without the Bible. You simply are getting this disjointed realm, like like it exists apart from what God is doing on the earth. He's not. So we want to watch the line of not turning the daily news into some sort of prediction about the future or this is like that. But we do want to filter everything through what the Bible says. For instance, when it comes to Ukraine and Russia, there are a lot of people who are actually staking different sides in evangelical Christianity as to what this thing is. Is Putin doing it for this reason? Is he going to go further than there? What exactly does he want? How how good is the government in Ukraine? Those are all interesting things, but we should be asking ourselves the question, what's happening there biblically? Now, I, we want to look at history. We want to study what Putin was up to, why he feels the way that he does, why Ukraine feels like they're, you know, a nation that has been sovereign for the last 30 years and they're scratching their head as to why this is happening. All right. What does the Bible say about war? What does the Bible say about rulers? What does the Bible say about invading? What does the Bible say about indiscriminately killing people? Those are the perspectives that have not been discussed, in my opinion, much or at least considered. And there can be times when you see a story and it's like, nah, I got nothing. The Bible doesn't tell me anything. I got, I got nothing here. But there are times that it should. Case in point, I enjoy Ben Shapiro. I guess I can't say as much as you do, but I, whenever I see him, he is a brilliant fellow. And this was a bit of a disappointment. This was sent to me at idea at wretched.org because many of us just, mm, it'd be so great if Ben Shapiro got saved. What a, what a tool he could be for building God's kingdom. And I can still consume Ben Shapiro. No doubt about that. I'm not telling you to boycott him. But remember, his religious perspective is not going to bring you world events, social events from a Christian perspective. You know, from, from a Jewish point of view, where we don't believe in the divinity of Christ, I right. think that the, there you can make an argument that the the gospels which were written he was just a signifi- prophet and right? significant no 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 we don't uh, even believe he was a prophet what do you think he was what do you guys i, think I, I mean was? i what i what do i think he was historically i think he was a jew who tried to lead a revolt against the romans and got killed for his trouble just like a- okay that's obviously a little deficient oh does this suddenly mean ben shapiro should be shunned not saying that i'm just saying this is what the man believes about god about Jesus Christ, it has to have something of an impact on what he speaks about. Other Jews at that time who were crucified mm. for trying to lead revolts against the Roman and got killed for their trouble. So, All right, there's just nothing in the Bible that even hints that Jesus was leading a revolt. You can go back and smash that into history if you'd like to, but clearly he wasn't leading a revolt. There was one ear that was lost, and he restored it because he wasn't leading a revolt. It would be contrary to everything that he taught. Don't carry the Romans gear one mile, carry it two miles. You know, that's the that's the type of incendiary language of a revolutionary. Not it became legend and story and it became a bigger and bigger deal as time went on. Yeah, he had a group of followers and then Mm -hmm. that gradually grew and then Do you think he was resurrected? 
Actually, before we get to the resurrection question, it grew very rapidly. The Judaizers were shocked and very concerned and dedicated their days to traveling around the Mediterranean following the Apostle Paul to shut him down, to come in behind him and go, oh, Paul was here. Oh, he's trying to teach. No, Paul's just a little bit twisted on his theology. We need to follow the Jewish laws. Why? Because they saw Christianity was exploding. This wasn't a myth that grew over time. This was historical, and the Bible and external books testify of that. Ben Shapiro on the resurrection. No, that's not that's not a, a Jewish belief. Okay, I just want to check. Yeah, no, we're, we're not into <laughs> you're not we're into not into miracle stories. No, that's that's no? Not, no. You don't have any miracles. No, here? not 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 by Jesus. Right? No? There there are ones but in the, the Old Testament. Ones? Yeah, you've got Moses splitting the sea and all that. What do you think happened there? What do I think happened there? Yeah. Well, I'll go with the Maimonidean explanation that there was, I mean. Everybody goes with Maimonides. He is the call to rabbi from the 12th century who tried to somewhat contemporize Judaism. And he, honestly, he's, he's, seriously, he's looked to like the Apostle Paul. It says in the Bible, there was a strong east wind. Uh, so there is a naturalistic explanation for a physical phenomenon. That makes sense. I mean, that's so, that's what Maimonides is constantly trying to do, is read nature back into the Bible. Mm. Mm. So there's Ben Shapiro's understanding about Jesus Christ, the Bible, miracles, the resurrection. Am I saying that Ben Shapiro is suddenly worthless when it comes to pontificating on politics? Nope. But there is no way that the man can always be giving the fullest possible picture without Jesus Christ. Hey, Jimmy, you know where that brings us, don't you? Where? The original premise of this segment. <laughs> Politics and the church. Because, wow, it's political season. Southern Baptists, they're going to be meeting in June in Anaheim. And right now, I don't mean this pejoratively, but the jockeying has begun as far as who is going to be the new president of the SBC, Ed Litton. He read something that said that the president should actually retire after a year. So that's what he said. <laughs> He's not going to be running for a second term, which apparently is not Southern Baptist tradition. So it was a bit of a shock to folks, although not totally because of the number of issues that have surrounded Pastor Ed Litton. He's not running. There's a pastor in Florida who has already thrown his hat in the ring. We'll see what he's all about. He did talk a lot in his announcement about dealing with the sexual abuse inside of the SBC. He didn't mention anything about CRT. We'll see what that means as we learn more about that political candidate in the SBC. And yet, there's another person who's being talked about as president of the SBC. that person next on wretched radio so there you are on your googler machine trying to find a restaurant what do you look for ratings and reviews if it gets lots of stars positive reviews chances are pretty good you're gonna go there question would you be inclined to go to a restaurant that had a 98 percent approval rating and rave reviews, I suspect you would. MetaShare, affordable, biblical health sharing. 
has a 98% approval rating. 400,000 members strong, sharing one another's healthcare bills, saving billions of dollars over the years, saving families on average $500 a month. And 98% of the members of MediShare give it a hearty thumbs up. I encourage you to call them and see if MediShare is right for you and your family. 1-844-34-BIBLE. 1-844-34-BIBLE for MediShare. Hey, thank you for listening to Wretched Radio today. Have you been getting the monthly Wretched newsletters into your email? If you haven't, you should feel slighted and left out because you're really missing out. You're missing messages that are thorough and in-depth and cover a wide range of theological issues Christians are facing. You're missing updates on all the new things going on at Wretched. Updates on resource release dates, updates on upcoming sales in the Wretched store, and the most important update of all, Todd's haircut and beard trim schedule. And you're missing out on it all if you're not subscribed. But it's simple to rectify this huge mistake in your life. Just head over to wretched.org slash newsletter and get all signed up. Oh, and I forgot to mention, as a subscriber to the Wretched Monthly Newsletter, you're eligible to win free stuff. We give resources away every day here at Wretched Radio to our newsletter subscribers. So don't miss the free stuff. Wretched.org slash newsletter. That's wretched.org slash newsletter. Wretched. Amazing Grace, Amazing Gospel. Hey, Tomorrow Club supporter, this message from Paul Marty, the director of the Tomorrow Clubs, is just for you. You know, it's been more than 25 years now since my wife Cindy first brought leaders and kids together for the very first Tomorrow Club. Hundreds of thousands of lives have been touched. We're grateful for all the ways you help kids in forsaken places learn to follow Jesus. Thank you for your support of the Tomorrow Clubs $30 a month, Disciples 30 Kids in Eastern Europe and now in Africa, where Tomorrow Clubs anticipates they could be opening up 100 new clubs in a year. Would you please consider becoming a Tomorrow Club supporter? Kids clubs that meet in forsaken places, they get loved on, they hear the gospel, they memorize Bible verses, and they're getting saved. To support your own Tomorrow Club, please visit tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Books of the Bible The Apostle Peter wrote to the elect exiles who were facing persecution for the sake of Christ. Peter exhorted them to trust God and to continue living godly lives. He reminds them of their hope in Christ and their high calling. When you want to learn joyful obedience, no matter what your circumstances, look to 1 Peter. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. As promised. About an hour ago, if you're keeping track of time. This is Wretched Radio. time but speaking of Ben Shapiro I'm just kidding let's get to a political high season inside of evangelical Christianity why because it's convention season and there's all kinds of reports all kinds of behind the scenes activity that have pretty big implications for the church 
Let's begin with the biggest Protestant denomination in the U.S. of A. That would be your SBC, the Southern Baptist Convention. The current president, who was a surprise winner at the Southern Baptist Convention, people wondering, what does this bellwether, what does this tell us about the SBC with its attitude toward the role of women, CRT, biblical inerrancy, all of those perennial issues swirling around in the SBC. Ed Litton was nominated two weeks after the fact. It was discovered that his preaching sounded a lot like the former president's. Nevertheless, he pressed on despite there were some, there were not a lot of loud calls, interestingly, but there were some calls for his resignation. He stuck in there, but now a year into it, he's saying, not going to do that again. It appears, according to his statement, that he wants to focus on racial reconciliation. Well, isn't that interesting? What does that mean? What does that look like? Time will tell. But now other men are throwing their hats into the ring. There's a president in Florida who has said, yeah, I'll be nominated. I think that's kind of the way it plays out in the SBC. You start getting talked about before the convention so that when it hits, you're not like this dark horse out of no place. He's thrown his head in the ring. And there's another man who's being discussed on the Internet as the potential president of the SBC. Who is that fellow? Vody Bakum. I didn't know that his church was SBC. But the church that he, that he pastored in America was an SBC church that sent him. He was sent by that church. But there are some details inside of the Southern Baptist documents that guide and determine policy for the convention that make it very possible he couldn't be elected because of his current standing. We'll dive into those details. But here's my suspicion on the Dealey Bob. Whilst... I think a lot of us would really enjoy having Bodie as the president of the SBC. Tell me, that wouldn't be interesting. That, that would be something where you would see a house cleaning. That would be something that would cause people to go, uh, 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 that's our direction, which is a firm position on CRT, a firm position on the role of women in the church. I, I think you might see some chaff flying away from the SBC. But here's my prediction. (laughs) Wasn't getting a word. I'm just, ever since I walked into the wall and hit my nose, by the way, thank you for the outpouring of flowers and chocolates. (sighs) My nose is fine. Thank you for caring. Not one email, Jimmy. Not one. Oh, you and your poor nose. Not a single (laughs) shred of sympathy because I walked into a wall. I'm sorry. And I I would have done it again last night if I hadn't put my hand out in front of me (laughs) to determine whether or not I had a clear path back to bed. So thank you for that. I feel so encouraged. Here's my prediction about voting. I predict... It, 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 it probably won't happen. And I don't think it's necessarily because of the bylaws. I, I think it's because of how firm he is on these positions. He is not traditional SBC politically correct. He is more than willing to not, not 
with any sort of nasty contempt, but he is willing to say, nope, that dog ain't going to hunt. That bird ain't going to fly. That worm ain't going to slither. Frio, we get the point already. So would it it be great if Odie became the president? I think it would be super groovy. Is it going to happen? Maybe it would be the bylaws that would put the kibosh on it. But I suspect it's just that Vody's too plain spoken. Isn't that interestingly what the Southern Baptist Convention experienced, what, 30, 40 years ago during the conservative resurgence? Plain spoken. Here's where we're at. This is the pony we're riding. It's called the Bible, and we're not getting off of it. We're not going to veer to the left or to the right. And that is what won the day. In my opinion, I'm an outsider of the SBC. My opinion is we just need straight talk. Uh, just, just shoot it straight. Tell us where you're really at with these things. And we recognize that there can be some fudging around the margins on these things. But if the opinion is so diverse that CRT, well, it's not so bad versus it's horrible. I just, I don't. Mm. And regarding the role of women, have we, by the way, Jimmy, you're following the news all the time. Have we seen anything about the SBC's dealing with Saddleback Church in California? And absolutely nothing. I Well, I did hear that they were going to study the issue. Yeah. Oh, that was a, that was a resolution uh, right. made it but but i haven't heard a result of that no i don't think we need to study no i don't what what is there to study did we not understand first timothy 2 before there were female pastors ordained at saddleback church did we not understand that that's a big no no what needs to be studied bring bring hi rick yeah did you actually ordain women as pastors mhm do you stand behind that we do All right. Thanks a bunch. Be watching your mailbox. I don't know how difficult it is, but then again, I'm not in the SBC. For whatever this is worth, Vody doesn't know that he would be qualified either, stating, I have indeed been asked to accept a nomination for SBC president. While I'm honored to have been asked, I'm not sure I'm eligible. There are questions about the way church membership is considered for missionaries. SBC Article 2 and Article 8 specifically And I'm not sure that the two are close enough to each other to be about one another. But I'm not an SBC lawyer, so I can't tell you exactly what these things mean. But Article 8 of SBC's Constitution requires all officers of the SBC must be members of Baptist churches cooperating with this convention. So here's how I understand it. Vody was sent by his SBC church, but because he wanted to be a member of a sound local church, where he is right now in Africa, he's no longer a member of the SBC. Therefore, because he wanted local church membership, he doesn't think that he's going to be qualified. We'll let the the SBC lawyers deal with that. My sending church, the church that he planted, has always practiced regenerate resident church membership. In other words, you can't be a cowboy Christian. Even if you're a missionary, you've got to be a member of a local church, even if it's the church that you're planting. We've always believed that missionaries sent to the field needed to join local churches in order to be shepherded properly. Amen. And Vody, in the context of, I think, Christian Post contacted him to talk about the Internet rumors that were swirling, which he confirmed. He's There's been talk about nominating Vody. 
He stated, there's a big problem out in the missions field that you've got a lot of pas- a lot of missionaries out there, and they are not under the authority of a local church. They can be back in the States, but it's not local, and that puts them in danger. And so Vody is concluding, the way I read it, I don't think it's going to happen. Whether it's the bylaws or not, I think it is this that's going to keep Vody from being the grand poobah of the SBC. Quote, popular evangelicalism is woke, so most of the things that I'm, going, I'm pointing out put me on the outside of the echo chamber, not the inside. I'm not going to be invited to crew or intervarsity or the gospel coalition, or I could run down the list. I'm not going to be invited to any of those things that are the premier places in evangelicalism. Forget the SBC, the PCA, the Southern Baptist Seminary, couldn't hire me today because of all of these ideas. They would be completely pilloried if they hired me. So far from writing from an echo chamber, I'm actually speaking out and putting myself outside the echo chamber. Who will be the next president of the SBC? I don't know. I do know it's not going to be Ed Litton. And I suspect it won't be Vody Bakum. Although, come on, tell me. If that happened, first of all, just watching it on the floor. That's popcorn worthy. I just sit there and watch it happen because it would be so revealing. We want the SBC to be strong, but we want it to be biblical. It's political season. The SBC convention, that's the big one to watch for my money. Let's be praying for the SBC that, okay, if they don't nominate Vody, a Vody-like person, this is Wretched Radio. This is Wretched Radio, and I'm Jimmy Hicks. The Biden administration announced several actions last week to block Texas from restricting transgender drugs and surgeries for minors. In a statement, the president called the Texas move, quote, government overreach at its worst. I guess forcing doctors to perform irreversible, life-altering surgery on minors is supposed to somehow be government overreach at its best? Why do liberals hate women and children so much? And speaking of hating women and children, the state Senate in Oregon voted last week to force insurance companies in the state to pay for abortion claims permanently. And the bill also includes language to use taxpayer funds in some cases. Opponents of the bill say it was rushed through a short session without much dialogue or debate, which is a process that should, quite frankly, frighten us. Last year in the UK, a doctor was banned from providing emergency abortion pill rescue therapy to women who changed their minds on murdering their babies. Dr. Dermot Kearney appealed the decision with the support of the Christian Legal Center, and now the GMC, that's the UK General Medical Council, has dropped their investigation into the doctor, concluding that there was no evidence of wrongdoing. I guess saving the life of an unborn baby at the mother's request is considered possible wrongdoing only in a depraved and wretched world. And speaking of a depraved and wretched world, new research in England published by YouGov shows that of 5,000 people polled, 55% believe that same-sex marriage is, quote, right. And of those under 50, a whopping 72% were in favor. Oh, and another interesting note? Those 5,000 people polled in the study, they were all part of the Anglican Church. Now, are many of these Anglican Christians like many American Christians, you know, claiming to be Christian but really aren't? Well, the results of this poll would definitely indicate that because a genuinely repentant believer 
will never support something the Bible so clearly calls sin. Northwest Missouri State University is a trend-setting, history-making institution of Marxism. Apparently, March is Womink's History Month. That's the first time I've ever heard that term, Womink's, and this confuses me to no end because apparently Womink's is a brand new term. If this is something that's brand new, how do we have enough history to have an entire month dedicated to its celebration? I really do try to keep up, but I, I just can't anymore. Oh, and speaking of new fans, Canadian Emperor Justin Trudeau, he's also a trendsetter. His new thing, environmental racism. That's right, you heard me right. What is environmental racism? Well, Trudeau really didn't give a good explanation as to what it is. So I'm guessing maybe it's because he hasn't created all the tenets of what this is. I, I don't know. Well, it's virtue signaling by the left to include the word racism in absolutely everything. That's really what it is. More Regit Radio, straight ahead. I'm Jim. Jimmy Hicks. God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is teaching, the spiritual ability to explain and apply God's Word. A teacher studies to gain knowledge of the Bible, is equipped with wisdom to understand it, and is gifted with the ability to explain it to others so they can grow in God's truth and apply it to their daily life. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. What's the most important thing about doing Christian talk? Timing. Just a little bit early. Take two. What's the most important thing about doing Christian talk radio? Two, three. Timing. That's exactly right. This is Wretched Radio. My timing is a little off. So is Jimmy's, apparently. <laughs> I'm all out of church music, so you're just going to have to hum something churchy inside of your noggin. Speaking of church, had a sermon Sunday on the church. That's right. It was topical. Why? Because we're between books right now, and so our pastor is picking issues that he believes are important for our local congregation, which is why... I am grateful for my local pastor more than any other pastor on the planet because he's determined I think this is what the body needs. That means the sermon that I heard on Sunday about the local church and what it is all about, it was it was written just for me. It was written for my family so that we could be shepherded by a local pastor. It was it was really outstanding. In, I'm going to quiz you on the sermon that I heard on Sunday. Jimmy, would you like would you like to represent the tens and tens of people? Are you just not in the mood for me today? I, I don't like tests. <laughs> Neither do Pop I. Pop quizzes are the worst. <laughs> well, here it comes. You've heard this statement perhaps many times. Humans are made to worship. That that's why we're here. We are made to worship. The question is how do we get that statement verified by the Bible? So, Jimmy, if you had to make the case that we were born, we were made to worship, how would you put it together? Very carefully. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was it was I was I was really thrilled because it, our pastor came up with way more verses than I had mused on. Furthermore, which is just kind of duh, duh, duh. It's just the the um, of the Old Testament. When you read through the end of Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers and Deuter, all of these laws about worship, 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 
It has got to be the densest treatment of any subject in the Old Testament. How we worship God. What are the first two commandments about? How we worship God. How's about you can go back to the garden that Adam and Eve were walking with the Lord in the cool of the evening. They were fellowshipping with God. And then we see worship with sacrifices immediately when God is the one who actually the first sacrifice. Then we see Cain and Abel. And we see then the Jewish people being a called out group of people to be those who worship. Scoot forward to John chapter 4. You've got Jesus and the woman at the well. Why don't you go get your husband? I don't have a husband. You are correct. You've had five. And the fellow that you're currently shacking up with isn't your husband. How did she respond? Well, the way that most of us do these days when we're confronted by our sin, change the subject. Um, I can see you're a prophet, so let's just talk about the theology of worship in the temple versus Mount Gerizim. Can we? Can, what was she doing? It appears she was doing what your kids do and we too often do as adults. Change the subject. Hey, were you inside? Did, didn't your mother tell you to not touch those brownies? Father, have I told you lately how strong I think you are? I had to pick the most ridiculous thing, and I couldn't. I kind of, once again, timing, I thought, strongest, that's ridiculous. Uh, Best looking, that's ridiculous. Smartest, that's ridiculous. So any of those things, which would be lies from my children, are just used to kind of whoop, switcheroo. That's what she tried to do, Jesus didn't let that happen. He answers the question, which, if my premise is correct, that he did indeed recognize this was a switcheroo. I think that that reminds us when it comes to evangelism and somebody asks a question, whether it is legit or not, there are times when we can just dismiss it and say something like, you know, can we just get back to that in a moment? I want to focus on, yes, but it's it's okay. I think we have biblical permission to answer it. Just keep your eye on the prize where you were aiming in the first place so that you can arrive at that destination. Be polite. Answer the question, but then get back to it. But we learn about worship in John chapter 4. Because her question was, where's the right place to worship? And Jesus said, I tell you, there's coming a day when people will be worshiping in spirit and in truth. In other words, we're going to be performing the function that we were designed to do. You can scoot also, if you'd like to, to Romans chapter 12, which I think we have a tendency to kind of kind of overlook this aspect. And it's a bit of a bummer because this should help you to understand worship isn't just the songs that you sing on Sunday morning. In Romans chapter 12, you're familiar with it. Paul says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Okay, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Hold the phone, Henrietta. Listen for the temple language. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is this is all. You are you are a priest, and you are acting in service to God all the time. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. 
Your reasonable service is to live for God, to worship God. And then we see gathered around the throne, every tribe, every nation, every tongue doing what? Not playing video games, worshiping God. We are made to worship. That's that's the sermon that I heard on Sunday. And the oomph of it was that we're to be a worshiping people. That, that's, that's what we should be individually, most certainly. You get saved. It is your desire to worship God. But collectively, when we come together, Ephesians chapter 3, we are showing the mystery revealed. Remember, the mystery religions wouldn't tell you what they're all about until you join the club. Paul said, I'm going to tell you what the mystery is. God brings together Jews and Gentiles. And once again, in Ephesians chapter 3, if you read it, at the, it's, it's the second, uh, Ephesians chapter 2, the second half, going into Ephesians chapter 3, you see temple language again. That you were once far away, it's, it's an allusion to Jews and Gentiles, how they were separated. It was Jews, the inner court, then women, Jews, and then Gentiles. You were far away, but now you've been brought near. This is the mystery that is revealed. So when you and I get together for worship on Sunday, and I don't mean through your internet provider, we're doing a powerful thing. We are doing something that is a dynamic collection of those that God has called to worship him. This might be of interest to you. I'm going to have to talk to our pastor about this. Oh, don't you worry. I tried to make a beeline right to him to correct him for all of the things I thought he should say. No, I'm sorry. That's what we're not supposed to do. He was talking about how the gates of hell will not prevail. This was interesting. He said, I I think I've always had it backwards. That the gates are are charging us, but they're not going to prevail. No, it's the church that is charging the gates, and the gates won't prevail. In other words, God's church and his kingdom are going to continue to grow, and hell itself cannot stop it. Hell is the one that gets run over. It doesn't run over the church, the bride of Jesus Christ. So when you get together on Sunday morning to worship, you're doing something spectacular. You are doing something that is an intense, dare I say, power of God being praised on earth with human beings that he has saved, doing the most noble form of communication that we can, worshiping God. The animals don't sing. Instead, we do. I think the illustration my pastor gave, he actually took it from Ted Tripp, who was recently in town for a conference on parenting. And he said, just imagine going up to Alaska And the bears are on the side of the river and the salmon are jumping and Big Brownie jumps into the river, snatches a salmon, big one, between his two mitts. You don't see the rest of the bears going because they don't understand it. They don't care. It is only humans that do that. And typically, we pay to applaud people, don't you? Somebody who can sing well, play an instrument well, sporting event. You pay money so that you can recognize, that was great. That was really amazing. Why? Because you're the only one who can do it. 
and our worship should be directed at the right object in spirit and in truth, God, which means there's a temptation for all of us to worship wrong things, which is why so many emotional issues are worship disorders. You and I are called to worship the true and living God because we're the only ones who can. Creation glorifies God simply because it's a part of his creative hand, but we are the only ones that can bring him glory. That's what you can do individually when you're driving in your car singing, hopefully with your windows up. But collectively, as the church, you are doing something special. This is Wretched Radio. Permit me to introduce you to Brie and Salvation Dominoes preborn style when one person gets saved they have that burning desire to just make him known the same way that was made known to them and then it's just this domino effect brie currently volunteers at a preborn life center how did she get saved from a friend whose mother got saved at you guessed it a preborn life center why? Because preborn, it is indeed about saving babies' lives via $28 ultrasounds, but it is also sharing the gospel so that moms and dads get saved. And look at the domino effect. Would you please consider supporting preborn centers with as many free ultrasounds as you can? $28 for an ultrasound, 80% of the time saves a life. Learn more at preborn.org slash wretched. You know, there are a ton of things people partner in. Some have business partners. Some have workout partners. Everybody needs accountability partners. Then there are partners in crime, which I don't recommend. You've got marriage partners, which I do recommend. And of course, we can't forget the wretched gospel partner. Our gospel partners make what we're able to do here at Wretched possible. Without you guys, there is no Wretched. You have faithfully and consistently helped Wretched reach millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And for that, we humbly thank you. And if you haven't done so, would you please prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly gospel partner with Wretched? You can know that your generous gifts will be faithfully stewarded away. So would you, number one, please pray for us. And number two, would you also pray about how you could support Wretched as a monthly gospel partner? Get more details on how you can do just that right now at wretched.org slash donate. That's wretched.org slash donate. Good news? There are actually thousands of pastors in Germany. The bad news is they're not very equipped. Theological training in Germany and in Europe is so needed because you don't really get any formal training, not in a church or anywhere else. Being at a PMAI training center, probably the first time that you ever get any formal training how to understand scripture, the church, and how to apply it in your own life. Germany is not the only nation that has a drought of qualified pastors, but the Masters Academy International is changing that one country at a time, currently in 17 nations, with mini seminaries, with graduates from the Master Seminary, training indigenous men to rightly divide the word of truth. Would you please consider adopting your own seminary in one of 17 nations? Please visit wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Names of God. We learn a lot about God from the names given to Him in Scripture. 
One name is Jehovah Rohi, the Lord is my shepherd. A good shepherd protects, directs, provides and cares for his sheep. Jesus called himself the good shepherd, who lays his life down for his sheep. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Borrowed heavily, but didn't plagiarize. Not like that's a big deal these days. This is Wretched Radio. Thanks, Pastor Ty, <laughs> for the sermon on Sunday, which I basically just lifted. Wasn't planning on it, but it is such a great reminder that the church is a special place. It's the most beautiful place in the world. When you meet on Sunday morning, Resurrection Sunday, it is the most beautiful place on the planet. It is a a dense power center because you, as a temple of the Holy Spirit, you've got God dwelling in you. You come together with a bunch of others who have God dwelling in them. Whoa to open up your mouths, to play your instruments, to sing praises to God, even if you can't sing well, it is well-pleasing to God. There ain't nothing like the church, which brings us back to church news. There's going to be another convention some year of the Methodists. They've been trying to get together, but you know that rascally COVID business has been keeping them from getting together, so they keep pushing the conference. And because of that, there is a group of conservatives, that's what they're calling themselves, conservative Methodists, that are doing a little breakaway. They've decided we can't wait for the next conference. They've been dealing with the issue of gender, sexuality, all of that stuff that I don't know what there is to debate, frankly. But they've been debating it, which means the liberals and the progressives have been growing, gaining strength, and they are waiting for the next convention to probably do a complete takeover. In the meantime, the conservatives said, if you're pushing it to 2024, then we're going to be out of here now. We'll be cheering for that group. I hope that they are indeed conservative Methodists. I'm not one myself, but Methodists are orthodox. And we would like that denomination that you perhaps don't find a great deal of affiliation with. Doesn't matter. If it's orthodox, then we want it to be sound and strong. So to the Methodist churches that are breaking away, make sure that you break away on the role of women in the church too because the Methodist body right now is off on that, is totally off on that. And I'm hoping that these Methodists, they actually do break away and they are indeed genuinely conservative. It is hard for me to imagine that John Wesley would affirm women as pastors running the Methodist convention denomination. I'm not sure what they call them. I think it's just the Southern Baptists that call themselves a convention, the Methodist denomination. And by the way, speaking of COVID, last, Jimmy, was it on Friday, I think, somebody asked a question about their child or a child in the church who was four years old. Do I remember Uh, that right? Two. Two years, two years old. Right. A church uh, asked a family to leave because the two-year-old would not stay masked. No. Yeah. Two-year-old wouldn't stay masked. What I'm kind of a beast believe. are they raising? <laughs> that terrible twos. There it is right there. Won't keep their mask on. And somebody sent me an email and said, wait a second. Not so fast, Friel. You said that the church shouldn't do that. I did. Because I don't think you should, because that is putting a prerequisite to worship that isn't biblical. The point of the email, though, was, hey, what about the other people who could be compromised because of it? 
I'm not going to debate the science of the issue, but to me, I think there's two reasons I would still stand by a church shouldn't be doing that. One of the reasons would be, I think, that it is up to the people who are compromised to protect themselves. And if you're going to keep somebody from church, I think it should be the individual saying, at this moment, between me and the Lord, I'm making a decision. I don't think it's safe for me to be in church. You make that decision to protect yourself. And nobody should judge that or go, oh, you don't think that the COVID thing is in it? No, that is their conviction. We let it happen. But that is their choice to not attend because they are in a potentially compromised position. I don't think it should be the responsibility of a two-year-old to make sure that somebody who could potentially be exposed to something that could make them sick I, I, I just don't think that's the order of responsibility. And the second reason I would say I'm, I'm, I'm waiting because now the person who sent this said that they work in the scientific field. And I said, way cool. Then perhaps you could send me the scientific studies that are peer reviewed that demonstrate the efficacy of wearing a mask in regard to COVID-19. So as soon as I get that for you, I will report it back to the Methodist conservatives to launch a breakaway. They're called the Global Methodist Church. It was pushing off the gathering to 2024. That's just staggering. Another big Methodist church in Birmingham, Fraser, Fraser United Methodist Church, a congregation of about 4,000 members. Oh, I'm sorry, Montgomery, Alabama. Close became the latest church to disaffiliate from the mainline Protestant denomination. They are joining the Free Methodist Church, which apparently means that they are probably less structural, that probably if it's if it if it resembles the Evangelical Free Church, that there is an HQ, but the churches are kind of autonomous in their running. The UMC has more than 6.2 million members in the U.S. according to 2020 data, making it the third largest Christian sect. Did we have to use that word? In the country. Be praying for the conservatives that they would indeed break away. Isn't there a song called Break Away? Break a- yeah, that was that song that was really popular for a while. Yeah, I think so. You're 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 in the country genre, so you don't have any idea. <laughs> if it if it isn't, I was going to try to name a country artist. You can't real blank. Bonnie Raitt. <laughs> <laughs> I can't actually think of one, so I can't mock you for this, Jimmy. Although I'll try. Q ninety three point five. That was Bonnie Raitt. It was something to talk about. And Roxette on before that with the look. You should know. You knew Roxette. Uh, I did. I did. We did adult contemporary music. And then 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 I'm gonna fly. Break away. Uh, I think Al Jarreau did a song called Breaking Away. That was a movie from the seventies, if I'm not mistaken. I miss Al Jarreau. That's just me. Let's get back to church news, shall we? Specifically, the Museum of the Bible, don't know if you're familiar with it, it's in Washington, D.C. The fellow who has funded it is the Chief Poobah. I think that's his actual title, the Chief Poobah of Hobby Lobby, wanted a Bible museum. I saw the traveling museum when it was in Atlanta. It was excellent. It was just so cool. 
you did tours and they took you through history. They took you through different nations. They took you through the Protestant Reformation. It was excellent. Well, now they've got a feature, an exhibit featuring the Shroud of Turin. Well, that's a bummer. Why? Even carbon dating testifies that the thing was made in like the 1200s, give or take. And it's a Roman Catholic relic. What is it doing at the Museum of the Bible? The exhibit explains the Shroud of Turin bears a faint yellowed image of a naked crucified man. And it is believed by millions of Christians. No, millions of Roman Catholics to be the burial cloth of Jesus of Nazareth. Wouldn't it be odd that Jesus left us one thing like that, that we would venerate and worship? (laughs) It wouldn't be odd. It would just be wrong. It is just not in keeping. He wants us to worship in spirit and truth, believing that he is the one who claimed to be God in flesh. We trust the word, and that's sufficient. The Shroud of Turin, it's just been... Well, it's been a moneymaker, that's for certain. Certainly is good for commerce and travel, but it isn't biblical. We've got the Bible. Throughout the high-tech interactive exhibit, visitors will explore how this cloth connects to the Gospels and has become one of the most immediately recognizable images of any figure from the Bible. Are they saying that it definitely is? No, but they're doing an exhibit. It's a it's a a mock of the actual cloth. I don't know how they did that, but supposedly it looks just like it. So people can go and what connected to the gospel. No, I've got the gospels. The gospels connect themselves. I don't need something to affirm the gospels. I've got it. Besides we've got all of that evidence Two papal quotes frame the exhibition, which reveals how the shroud mirrors the gospels. Specifically Pope John Paul II called the shroud a mirror of the gospel. Pope Benedict, the XV1, called it an icon, suggesting it is best viewed with the eyes of faith. Um, an icon would be something that you worship, that you venerate, that you praise. What, what, what is that doing at the Bible Museum? The answer is, uh, I, I don't know. Furthermore, the Museum of the Bible is honoring the 50th anniversary of martyrdom of Watchman Nee. Perhaps you've heard of him. If not, you've probably been exposed to him. If you've ever heard of contemplative prayer, even Christian yoga, I think, falls underneath the umbrella. Cataphatic prayer. This is a movement where you empty the brain. You feel constantly like I'm just walking with the Lord. That is Watchman Nee. And he had indeed some good teachings, but not recommended because of the contemplative aspect. What's he doing being celebrated? Maybe they've got him right next to the Shroud of Turin at the Bible Museum. That maybe (laughs) makes sense somehow. Until tomorrow, go serve your king.